My next guest is the host of the Conduct Detrimental podcast, as well as a sports law attorney at Garagos. And Garagos, I want to welcome back on Mr. Dan Lust. Dan, we got a, a wild day today. We certainly did. It's really been a wild, uh, I don't know, we'll say 48 hours. There's two, two big stories that I have my eyes on, but certainly always happy to get the call from you, Zach. Absolutely. So, so might as well start at the beginning. Um, Calvin Ridley. Did you expect this? Did you obviously when sports gambling has inundated all professional sports, a player we knew this is sort of coming in the kind of idiocy that this happened? Are you surprised or do you like, did you kind of expect it? Um, you know, it was a matter of time before it happened. It, it's, you know, from a, uh, you know, as an attorney, there are, there is sports betting law that does exist, right? Certainly, um, there's something called proxy betting, uh, which maybe you don't know that term, but you'll know exactly what I mean by it someone placing a bet for someone else. It's almost untraceable, right? You as a family member, right? Or as a family friend, or just as a, a good buddy of an NFL player, you're not banned from gambling. Certainly the player is not allowed to bet indirectly through you. Um, but how are they going to find out? What I am surprised at, right, is that Calvin Ridley, uh, I, I mean, call spade a spade, Calvin Ridley seemingly by all indications registered an account in his own name with his own address, um, and my understanding is the way that someone found this is that they just recognized a very big NFL player. If it was a backup, you know, tight end, probably it goes underneath the radar. It wasn't the NFL that caught it. It wasn't the Falcons that caught it. It was a gambling operator a couple months later. So I am surprised that in, in 2022 um, that a professional athlete would be that careless. That, that I am truly surprised at. Is an 11, is a $1,500 parlay that loses $11 million, $11 million, the worst bad beat of all time. It's possible. I, I actually, in fairness, I think it was three bets totaling 1500. That's true. I think those, those bets are, are not great. I will say one thing that did surprise me um, for those that, you know, I've been following the, the Ridley situation. It was a, you know, maybe a mental health situation, something that went on during the year. When I saw Calvin Ridley, you know, banned for a year for gambling, my immediate thought was, that he took a, you know, a, a voluntary vacation because the team had found out about it. Turns out these two things are unrelated. He took a mental health break. Uh, and then during this mental health break, this is when this incident happened. So maybe there's a world where Zach, he could have potentially fought this on, you know, it wasn't in the right mental space or maybe just for optics. But uh, Calvin Ridley has spent the last, yeah, 48 hours tweeting, tweeting and yeah. admitting this and, yeah. and not really... I don't really think accepting um, responsibility for what happened. I, I think he thinks it's funny. I saw, a, you know, I bet 1500s. I don't have a gambling problem. I saw some LOLs in there and I'm like, I, I don't, I don't know who's advising him. It's certainly not what I would tell a client of mine. That Alabama uh, receiving class from 2018 is not looking too good. Um, so yeah, with that, like, do you think he could use his mental health uh, as a, as a, like a, as a crutch to say, I wasn't in the right headspace. I don't think this, this punishment is fair. Well, certainly he's going to have to apply for reinstatement. His, his window to actually file an appeal with the NFL to that suspension, I think it's up in about 24 hours, 48 hours. And I don't know what his appeal process would be. Sometimes you file an appeal to try to get a lesser suspension. So, you know, it certainly wouldn't shock anybody if he filed an appeal. If he won, I think that would be more surprising. But remember, the guy has to apply for reinstatement. Um, I would think, you know, less is more, right? Don't say anything that could potentially rock the boat here. Um, especially, you know, playing in the NFL is a privilege. It's not a right. So I think, you know, um, he said what he said to Roger Goodell, but I don't see any utility on going out on Twitter and tweeting that, right? And I think it had 100,000 plus likes, a tweet that certainly went viral and viral in part because you had people like me saying, why are you tweeting? 
not not a good look by by any means. Uh, and you know, do I think the guy will be back in a year? Most likely, um, but I don't think it's going to help his case. So um, you know, whatever that percentage was that he'll be back in a year versus he'll get rejected, uh, that rejected column is certainly a little bit higher in light of those tweets. Do you think a year? Were you surprised by the duration? Do you think it was too short, too long, or just what you kind of expected? I mean, you know, what we didn't really talk about is the fact that he bet on his own team. You know, not to win, to win. That's the so. No, but you I, know, don't, I, I don't know if that. I don't know if that helps. It, well, if you ask Major League Baseball, it does not. Right? They didn't care that Pete Rose <laughs> bet on his team or bet against his team. He bet on his team, and the allegations that I think you and I spoke about way back when with Evander Kane and the San Jose Sharks turned out there was no substantiation to the allegations. But the allegation was that he bet on his team to lose games, right? And that would have been a really big deal. Um, but I think for sports purposes, the leagues have drawn the line of no betting, period. On your own team to win, on your own team to lose, on any other team. Do I think that's important that he bet on his own team? Yes, I actually do. I think that matters a lot because he could say he had no inside information and Roger Goodell found no evidence of inside information. But if you bet on your own team, I don't know how you don't have inside information, right? Not everything that goes on in the locker room is public. I think that makes a difference to me. And, and uh, Zach, as you know, I'm, you know, I dabble in sports betting as a recreational yeah. better. Um, but I do think that matters. I think if you bet on any other team, like the Giants versus the Patriots, what is Calvin Ridley necessarily going to know? Um, but I do think it makes a difference that me personally, I do think it makes a difference that he bet on his own team to win or lose. I, I do think that warrants um, maybe a longer suspension than he otherwise would have gotten. Because the only inside information is they were playing the Jags. So like, I think we all, I don't think not, I would not advise anybody to bet the Falcons. Anybody. I, I would, that's you. And I would tell people that's a stay away, not because Calvin Ridley is a player in the team. Yeah. Just don't bet the Falcons. Just don't, don't bet, bet either team. I don't trust either of them, but you know, our advice to recreational betters would be actually the same bet to Calvin Ridley. Stay away from that game and yeah. all other games, but particularly. Yeah. So do you think this is a rare occurrence? Like I, I'm sure this is kind of like just, him being dumb and doing it himself, but I'm sure like you were saying with the proxy, like I'm sure there's other guys like during the Super Bowl that are like, Hey, here's five grand, put it on the Rams. And it's not in their name. And if it pays out, they'll get it. And if not, they don't. Cause I can't imagine they're just sitting there and they're not betting. I mean, now in the world of legalized sports betting, where it's for most states where I'm in, I am in New York, right? It's at the palm of your hand. You can do anything. And these entourages that people travel in to go to the Super Bowl, families, whatnot, right? It would be odd, right? I, I don't, you know, I have no idea one way or the other, but just think about it. You have people that are so heavily invested in the Rams. If you're a family member, you're a family friend or whatnot, you're going to want to bet on the Rams, right? That doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, for example, like a Matt Stafford and Aaron Donald is gaining financially. Those guys make millions of dollars. They don't really care if you win your $100 parlay. Um, but proxy bet is so, it, it's a very dangerous concept to these sports betting vendors because it's so easy to do. Um, and that's the fear, right? Maybe from now on, right, this world, because I've been talking about proxy betting for years. I'm going on law school panels and talking about it. Now what you might have is these independent compliance people doing cross background checks on like uh, addresses, right? Maybe your wife kept in, didn't take her married name. Maybe I'm, you know, I don't know Calvin Ridley's wife's name, but let's say it's, you know, um, Ann Ridley, right? Maybe Ann Ridley, right? The last name will be flagged. The address will be flagged. Maybe the NFL is going to work very closely with these operators to pick it up. I'm sure, right? And I don't have to, I don't be a rocket science to know this. I'm sure it's happened, right? Someone said, hey, uh, I'm going to be starting at running back today. Maybe, uh, you know, maybe uh, you want to put some props on me to get first touchdown. And I'm sure that type of stuff has happened. But again, the shocking part is that in 2022, when this stuff's being done above the table, that the stuff is now legal, that Ridley would speak to a legalized sports betting operator and that it would get back. Right? Do you a think they recognize him? Do you think they recognize him when he walked in? 
Um, I think he, I think he plays it on a mobile app as far as I think the name. Because like, that's in Florida. They don't, is, is, so it's hard yeah. rock. I'm not, I'm not sure what it was, but I know he registered in his own name. I know that's what cuff line. Um, but um, yeah, I, I know there's a brief, only a brief window in Florida where sports betting was legal. It's not currently legal, but it was like a you know month window where sports betting was legal. It was a perfect storm to get Calvin Ridley in trouble here. No, because I know, because I know I was in Atlanta, Georgia, it's not legal in Georgia. So I'm really like, all right, if he, when, as soon as it came out, I'm really like, all right, somebody either sold him out or he had somebody placed it for him or he went to the state where it's legal. So then they put, I was like, come out and say he did it in Florida. And I, I guess I didn't realize the NFL hi, uh, pays this agency to kind of track their databases to see if any players are placing it. But like they could easily go on like a Venmo and search a player. And if a player has a payment to somebody for parlay, you'd be like, hey, it's a little interesting right there. But no, that was that was, that took Twitter by storm yesterday. Um, 100%. You know, I, I, I think the world of Twitter was shocked. A, right, what, what was being retweeted? It was, the, it was the, you know, the Calvin Ridley tweets. That, that was going, certainly the story was going on every chat, every gambling chat that I have. You know, everyone was blowing up about this. And all the people that said, hey, Dan, get on the sports law story. They're like, what's the sports law side? And Zach, this, this is the part that I want to make sure our, you know, your listeners know the, the true hypocrisy in this, right? We talk about an appeal. We could talk about, you know, whether sports betting is legal or not, you know, that, that, you know, maybe that's the interesting part to me as a lawyer, what I think is hip- hypocritical in the NFL sense. Um, the NFL has historically released uh, these uh, NFL personal gambling protocol. And I don't know if you saw this, but I, I tried to point it out. It didn't pick up that much traction. I, I think it's important. The NFL has historically allowed NFL personnel to wager on fantasy sports up to $250. Okay, yeah, I've heard, I've heard fantasy. I know fantasy they can do. And the fantasy sports is a big industry that caters to the NFL. So you're going to allow people to play fantasy sports, but you have a zero-tolerance policy for sports betting. I mean, both deal with inside information, right? I'm not really sure. And both you're dealing with pecuniary gain, right? People are making money. I don't understand the difference between those two protocols. So maybe the NFL's got to either have some tolerance for sports betting or no tolerance for fantasy sports, but you can't have it both ways. I just think that spreads and the under is the reason because they don't want guys to either match. Like the thing I thought I thought about earlier today is, what if Russell Wilson was offered was offered five million dollars a couple of years ago to throw that pick to Malcolm Butler, and we we just found out if uh, if he knowingly changed the game based on a financial uh, somebody offering him money that that destroys the integrity of the game altogether. So. Well, yeah, I think winning the Super Bowl probably provides more economic incentive than uh, any particular bet. But yeah, your point's well taken. And, and there's guys on uh, on the Twitterverse pulling up old videos of Calvin Ridley and saying, hey, he didn't run in for the touchdown against the Chiefs. So I guess that must mean he threw the game. I'm like, what are we going to Zapruder film every every clip out there? Right. I'm sure it's happened. But, um, you know, it's it's a matter of finding it. And that's, again, the shocking part that Ridley, you know, that Ridley was so careless about it, honestly. What do you think of the notion that Emmanuel Acho said that the players should be allowed to bet on themselves? I think Emmanuel Acho should take back all the tweets he had yesterday. I, I think a lot of those were incredible. <laughs> the fact that Calvin Ridley, you know, was making a, a double move, right? And he was uh, kind of stepping back to run forward. Like, those aren't evidence of somebody betting. Maybe it's evidence of someone not having field awareness. But, uh, you know, I, I think people have to be careful, right? Someone can make a bet. Someone can make a mistake. Calvin Ridley was also, let's, let's call a spade a spade, going through this mental health issues. And he said he was betting on these games at a time when he wasn't able to watch football. He was really down. So maybe if someone in, in that type of mindset isn't thinking properly and makes that type of mistake, it happens, right? But I'm, I'm not ready to you know, convict Calvin Ridley for torpedoing his whole career right. over $1,500. It doesn't, it doesn't make sense to me. They just obviously wanted to throw the book at him, right? Because they don't want this to become a regular occurrence. 
Right. I mean, they're going to have to make an example of him and they've done it. You know, Pete Rose, you know, banned from the Hall of Fame for life. Baseball made an example. It's the reason, Zach, why we're having this conversation in football and not in baseball. Baseball people know the Pete Rose role. And now, you know, for better or for worse, they'll know the Calvin Ridley role. So I guess Calvin Ridley's Hall of Fame ballot was thrown out the window yesterday. I, whatever, whatever modicum of chance he had. I, yeah. I would, so. And then I want to ask you, so obviously um, today um, Aaron Rodgers resigned with the Packers. Russell Wilson got traded to the Broncos. That kind of moved down to Deshaun Watson. I've had you on before to talk about um, having a, a dep- deposition on Friday. Is that, is that the correct term? He's got a couple things on Friday. Okay, dep- can you explain what's going on? Yeah, yeah. So he's got two things on Friday that – it's kind of an interesting storm. So we learned about two weeks ago. Well, actually, I'll, I'll take a step back. Deshaun Watson is in, in the middle of a civil case. And Zach, I, you, you and I had a clip, our, I think our first time together, our clip did very well, right? People yeah. were interested in this topic. So um, I'm happy to explain it, right? Right now, Deshaun Watson has one type of case. It's called a civil case. He's being sued by these massage therapists and whatnot. That case is in a, in a phase of the case called depositions. If anybody has seen, um, you know, the episode of The Office with Michael Scott and his diary, that's a deposition. Someone asking you questions across the table and you're under. Oh, okay. Same thing. People see the social network movie, right? They're at a big conference table. They're asking questions. Deshaun Watson in his case is now at the portion where the accuser's attorney, this guy named Tony Busby, is going to be asking questions of Deshaun Watson. Um, so that's what's going on in the civil case. So, you know, in the middle of all this, Rusty Harden, um, the attorney for Deshaun Watson, found out from the DA's office that they were becoming very close to this, um, which we'll talk about, I'm sure, but um, a grand jury indictment. And he went and Rusty Harden went to the court and said, hey, this grand jury indictment that's going to be my client's livelihood, can we push back his deposition so he doesn't have to testify under oath while this grand jury is going to be making decisions if he's going to be charged with a crime or not? And the court said no, interestingly. So now he's got this weird world where Deshaun Watson is going to be getting questions asked under oath while in another courthouse, right? Uh, they're going to be, there's going to be jurors called together to be deciding his criminal fate. So it's a weird, you know, he's got, um, you know, two things weighing very heavily on him at the same, same exact time. So I'm sure there's, there's more to unpack, but that's the, yeah. the timing of what's going on on Friday. This has been going on for over a year. Why, why, did, why do you think it just all of everything just kind of just landed on the same day? Have you ever seen anything? Have you ever seen anything like this? Well, there's the kind of two questions in there. Why is the case taking a year? I don't know the answer to that. You and I have literally been talking about this for a year. Um, that tells me that the case was never an open and shut case. That either one of two things happened: a, they said, "Well, it's not an open and shut case, but let's go, let's roll with what we have. It's been a year." Or uh, the other part is they found something. They found something that that pushed this case over the edge. And maybe that's something that's come out during depositions, during discovery, which has been going on in the civil case. I'm not sure, but um, that timing is odd. The fact that the deposition and the grand jury indictment are happening on the same day, uh, it's, it's interesting. I don't know. I, I mean, part of me, if I was being really hot takey, I could say, you know, the uh, DA's office wants to create a perfect storm and put a lot of pressure on Deshaun Watson. But what I'm going to tell you on the deposition side, Deshaun Watson's going to come in and he's going to say on this deposition, he's going to say, I plead the fifth. I plead the fifth. There's a very famous uh, Chappelle show skit that I, you know, Zach, I, I like to tweet out. Um, pleading the fifth is called pleading the fifth amendment. It's your right against self-incrimination. So Deshaun Watson is going to go in these depositions. He's going to absolutely say nothing. And he's going to, he's going to be allowed to plead the fifth because it's very clear what he can, what he says can and will be used against him literally across, you know, in, in Houston, the same exact time. Yeah. So 
Yeah, you can't really plead the fifth if there's no real specter of criminal charges, but here it's very obvious that's happening. So yeah, I, I say that he's going to be giving deposition testimony, but he's not really. He's going to plead the fifth to every single question. You know, uh, the deposition is going to be question, did you, uh, you know, do anything inappropriate? Answer, I plead the fifth. It's going to be, you know, every single question is going to be like that. Do you think he's going to jail? It's, you know, too early to tell, but, you know, you asked me, uh, you know, if, if you had asked me, do I think he's going to get charged with a crime? Yeah, I do. And I, and I wouldn't have told you that. I, I went on ESPN Houston last night and I put the odds as a sports betting guy. I think I put it at like minus 140. I think he gets charged. Jesus. Now, today, uh, you got to wrap, you got to ratchet that up, whether that's to minus 200 or something more than that. Grand juries are a one-sided protocol. It's not like law and order. It's not like, you know, um, you know, a few good men. It's not like the, my cousin Vinny, when there's people on both sides arguing. The grand jury is one-sided. The prosecutor gets to put on a case. And if they want, they can allow the defense to say something. They don't have to allow the defense to say anything. So that's why, and I may, I just pointed out, there's an expression in the law, a grand jury, because of the way it's set up, there's an ex expression. A grand jury can indict a ham sandwich. They can really invite anybody because the prosecutor can manipulate the only and cherry pick the best facts. That's why when you get to the grand jury phase, it's problematic, right? There's mo more likely they're not going to be criminal charges that result. So do I think he's going to jail? It's certainly too premature to say that. But do I think that he's going to get charged with a crime? Yeah, I do. I do. Misdemeanor felony, because I'm trying to, he's, he's, the reason I'm asking, he's being linked to the commanders. I'm trying to figure all the, figure all this out. Because earlier today, I'm literally like, oh, they're doing those on the same day. Maybe they're trying to move this up for free agency. And I saw your tweet about like, oh, this is not good. So do you think, do you, Obviously, I think he tried to settle. They, they said they're not settling. So this is all being rushed to Friday. Are you expecting them to be like walk, like walk away in handcuffs or this going to be pushed off or this going to another court? Or what, what do you think is going to happen? Yeah, he's not, he's not going to get let away in handcuffs. Who told you it was a good thing? I just saw it earlier. And I'm like, they were like, oh, it's a big, important day for Deshaun Watson. I'm like, oh, they moved it up for free agency. And then I saw your stuff. And I'm like, oh, this is not good. Because I was trying yeah. to sell myself earlier on Washington getting him. And I'm gonna be like, all right, they're going to get him but I'm not going to be happy and he might get suspended. But now I'm thinking like, all right, this is probably not going to happen. No, it's, it's, it's not a good thing. I don't, I don't want it. You know, it there's in Texas, um, not good, but like we know more, we know more. Yes. If you ask Rusty Harden, his lawyer, I, I, he said early on in this case, which I thought was, you know, maybe playing with the public too much. We'd love for this to go to the grand jury. We'd love to get some clarity. And I'm like, who in their right mind would want their client to be exposed to a grand jury? Like sometimes a grand jury could be helpful because it might clear up a lot of things. There's a world where the grand jury could come back and say, you know, we don't think there's enough here, but you can't bet on that. Right. Why would you, why would you invite that? And that, that I, I didn't love. So it's, it's not, you know, it, it's good news for clarity, right? Right now, you know, where I don't think you're necessarily wrong, right? Sean Watson's been in legal limbo for a year. He hasn't been charged with anything, but he's also not allowed, and he hasn't been suspended, but he hasn't been allowed to play. So this universe, I have not been comfortable in. I, I call it like I see it, innocent until proven guilty, but Deshaun Watson hasn't been found guilty of anything, and he's still not allowed to play. Even the NFL has not conducted an investigation and said they had any problem. Quite the contrary, Zach, and I, I know I've explained this, I think, on, on a prior yeah. show with you. The NFL said he could play. So who says he can't play? The Texans. Okay, so trade him to another team. Now no one's going to trade for him because he's about to get you know hit with a crime. So you know, in terms of some clarity coming out, right? Mike Vick was allowed to play in the NFL again because he took a plea. He served his time and he came back. Clarity, right? It's not necessarily a good or bad thing, but he served his time. This 
action by the, the DA's office is going to create some finality. It is, but that might not be good because it might result in Deshaun Watson serving time, right? Um, there is a, you know, I don't know. So that, that's really the main part of the question, whether it's a felony, misdemeanor, you know, I, I think it remains to be seen, um, but you got to keep in mind, right? 20 accusers here and eight women are being subpoenaed, uh, at, according to Tony Busby, eight, eight of his clients are being subpoenaed to speak to the grand jury. So let's say you get eight, eight charges result in crimes. It's not 20. Um, those are all separately charged. And if they're misdemeanors, misdemeanors punishable by up to one year in prison. So uh, eight times one, right, is eight years. 20 times one, 20 years. So I, there's no scenario where I, I don't think he's charged with one crime, you know, one incident here when these things are all, remember, very, very similar. That, that was the commonality. That's why people like me were saying there's a, there's a common thread here. Either that's a good thing, right, if you're the DA's office, that these things are all connected. There's a pattern. Or you, you know, if you're on Watson's side, you're probably saying, hey, what are the chances that these things are all happening? Maybe this could be some type of extortion scheme against him. So, you know, there, there's certainly, you know, ways to read it on both sides. But if, for the criminal side, if the DA's office believes these, these cases here, that could multiply out the, the potential prison sentence, honestly. So there's 22 women. Why are only eight, eight talking to Thor or coming in to, to subpoena him? Not 22. It's a fair question. Um, it's possible. First of all, it's possible that only eight are being subpoenaed on Friday and they're going to bring the rest in on, you know, in, in subsequent days. Um, it's also possible. Maybe they don't, maybe they don't buy all the claims. Maybe they buy eight of them, right? That's also possible. And then the other one, you know, maybe the easier one, you don't necessarily need all 20, right? And maybe you don't want to subject all 20 women to a grand jury. If you think that eight are sufficient to get, you know, to more charges. Cause again, the allegation is that this is a pattern, right? Um, so you know, maybe you didn't need it if you wanted to get more, but uh, it, the grand jury is just to really get you over the hump. Um, so we'll see. Uh, I don't know what necessarily comes up. All, all we know is that at least as of today, eight women have been subpoenaed to testify in front of the grand jury on Friday. Does this happen? I assume this is happening in Texas. Does it make it like, like, is it more severe based on the state? And I assume Texas law is up there in, in terms of most kind of like, so what, I, I don't know. Is it, you kind of get where I'm seeing where I'm getting at. Like, is the Texas law? Is it like more? Obviously, the laws around the countries, but like, are they like everything's bigger in Texas? Is this going to be more severe because he's in Texas? I don't think so. You know, and no. it depends what state we're comparing him to. And and I'm you know I practice in New York, so I I don't I don't I think for Watson's purposes, I don't think it matters necessarily. And I think for the NFL's purpose, I don't really think it matters. The only thing you have to keep in mind, right? Let's say this case uh, was occurring in. I don't know, let's make up a state where Watson has no connection, Hawaii, right? Watson has no connection to Hawaii. There's no internal bias. Um, I'm not sure, you know, I, I get the vibe in Houston that Deshaun Watson, you know, for the last year has not been the most popular guy, um, you know, because he's been holding, holding out and, and whatever other situation that he's, he made a poor image of the team. Um, and again, right, you know, he's, a, he's an employee, he still is of the Houston Texans. There's a lot of influences of bias that could occur in Texas with the Texas jury. Um, so, yeah, I, you know, I, that, that's the only factor I think that really matters from a location perspective, but from a severity perspective, from a potential NFL suspension perspective, no, that doesn't matter. How did the situation with Vic, how, I, I know he, he spent a little bit of time, then he came out, was his contract with the Falcons voided? Yeah, my, my understanding is that his guarantees were voided. It was a really messy scenario. He was on a multi-year contract, if memory serves, and, uh, you know, he did something that resulted in his, you know, that was warranting of his contract being voided. Um, I think they fought it over. Uh, I think there was some some grievance about the guarantees. I'm not I'm not quite sure what it was, 
but I remember there was money that he had to fight with the Falcons over upfront guaranteed money, money that was owed to him on deferred compensation. Um, you know, it was an ugly divorce, but you know, Vic got a second chance, played for a couple teams. Uh, you know, he made his way back to the NFL eventually as, you know, uh, and even a guy, well, let's, let's give the other, the glass half full scenario, right? Ben Roethlisberger was, uh, hit some others, you know, uh, sexual assault kind of messy allegations. Um, it was not charged criminally, okay, right? That's yeah. Okay. It was not charged. They actually said, we don't have enough to charge you criminally. Roger Goodell turned around and suspended him, I think for, you know, somewhere between six to 10 games. It was a lot. So there's a world where Watson doesn't get charged, but he's not free and clear to play then. Then Goodell could turn around and still say, Hey, we're going to hit you six game suspension, eight game suspension. So all that's being factored into potential trade partners at this point. Do you think him sitting out all last year is in the back of Goodell's mind? Like, all right, you already missed 17 games. It should be. It should be. You know, I'm not, you know, I don't, I don't want people to read on what side I'm on in this, but like, I, I, I think it's patently unfair if the guy basically got a year suspension and would get more on top of that. But no, he got paid. That he got paid though. He did, but I mean, he still, still didn't get to play. Right. I don't, I don't, I don't. And also on the commission's exemplist, my understanding is that you do get paid. Uh, it's okay. paid. So he didn't, he wasn't placed in the commissioner's exemplist though. He was why paid. do you think, why do you think that is? Why wasn't he placed on the exemplist? Yeah. I have no idea. I've, I've always thought they had enough to put him on the exemplist. You know, meanwhile, Trevor Bauer over in baseball with the administrative leave list, it's a similar concept. It's paid leave while you're under investigation. So you can't play, but you get paid. So you can only be that mad. You're still getting paid. Trevor Bauer, you know, almost the opposite of Deshaun Watson was cleared on his civil case. You know, he, he had a domestic violence restraining order. Yeah, yeah, I remember. And he won that case. So, and, you know, maybe it's because of the lockout, but he hasn't been taken off that list. Watson wasn't, he's never been found guilty or innocent one way or the other. But while that, that case was pending, Trevor Bauer was placed in the administrative leave list. There's been a case pending, right? And last I checked, there's no NFL lockout. There's no reason that he can't be placed in the exempt list today. That never happened. I'm not sure why, you know, um, and I, if I was running the NFL, I think I would have done that to send a, a message that, hey, he's under investigation. We're going to pay him. Um, but I, I think all of those factors have kind of scared teams away and chilled this trade market such such that I don't I don't think any team is trading for. It. Maybe they would have without this you know, grand jury, but certainly they're not going to do it now. So what is your prediction for Friday? What happens and how it kind of rolls out in terms of the league? Um, you know, sometimes the grand jury will take it's not just a one day proceeding. Sometimes OK, I was also curious about that. Yeah, so sometimes it is, sometimes it's not. We can't can't certainly predict it. Um, but you know, if you're uh, following grand juries just in the history of our country, again, uh, I'll say it again, and, and I don't mean to give a, a stray to uh, ham sandwiches, but like, you know, a grand a grand jury, they say can indict a ham sandwich because it's very one-sided. The prosecutor here might want to allow the uh, DA to, you know, allow the defense to submit some type of information on their side, but they don't have to. So. He asked me, and I don't know any, you know, I don't know what the DA is going to do here. The grand jury is supposed to be a secret proceeding. We're not supposed to know that. Okay, um, so this is not, this is not going to be like televised with people outside the courthouse oh, or anything. People are going to be outside the courthouse, but okay. they're not going to be inside the courthouse. Um, it's not going to be live tweeting like we see on some of our sports cases, um, but we're going to find out. So, yeah, I, I, if you ask me if I'm betting on it, you know, yesterday I said minus 140 uh, that he got charged with a crime. Uh, I'll, I'm happy to put that up to like, 225, 250. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong, but that's what the grand jury indictment is intended to do. As soon as he gets, I guess, the the punishment either from the state of Texas as well as the NFL, then do you see a team trading for him? Or is it depending on the severity? Like if they say, okay, you're going to 
you're, I don't know, you're, you're, you're going to jail for two years. Obviously, NFL's not going to do that. They say, hey, like, all right, six months at home, teams are going to reach out. I'm not, I don't think so. You don't think so? Think about Mike Vick, right? Mike Vick was cut by the Falcons. He was released, right? He served his time and then he was a free agent for any team to sign. The way that you phrased it, Zach, is that some team's going to call to make a trade. Texans aren't going to hold on to him, right? Texans are going to cut bait. This is a financial league. If the Texans think they have a right, right? And maybe the crime is that, that, um, you know, that, that silver threshold that we don't know about. If the, if the Texans think they're going to cut him, they're going to cut him. If another team wants to sign him and, and sign him for, you know, depending on the dollar, no pun intended, like they could, but why would you take the PR hit, right? When a guy has a really messy crime hanging over his head, it's not allegations, you know, it, it's, it's, it's heavy allegations. Yeah. It's not just like, you know, it's not just betting $1,500 on, on, on the Falcons, right? These are sexual assault, borderline rape allegations. So I don't, I don't think a team is going to take a chance on that with this hanging over his head. If he gets, if his charges get dismissed, sure, of course, you know, or if he, or if he takes a plea and he serves his time, sure. But with a looming trial, do you think he would do that? Do you think, do you think they're, because I remember early on, they, they, after the first one, they said, all right, this is, this is BS. We're going to fight this. Obviously they probably, probably did have the option to just settle all of these and never making the public light, the public people uh, realizing it. Do you think it now they're still standing by his innocence or do you think like time's coming? Zach, you got some good questions here. We're hitting all, all all chapters and things. Here's, here's one, and, and uh, I'm recording my podcast in about an hour, so you're refreshing okay. all this good stuff here. Yeah. Uh, I, I have never, I know there were offers made in the six-figure, or not offers, demands. The, the, you know, the, the accusers had asked for numbers ranging in the tens of figures to, you know, maybe in, in around 100,000. Um, I don't know if every accuser, right, of the 20-plus has made a demand here. I actually have heard to the contrary that there were four holdouts right around the time of the trade deadline that Watson's camp had essentially phrased it as an all or nothing type deal. We want everyone or we're not taking a single deal. And, um, you know, I'm not sure where I saw it, but a handful of, of the women didn't want to settle. They said it was more, you know, or they just didn't want to. I'm not sure what the reasons were, but you can kind of guess, hey, we want to put this guy's feet to the fire. We don't want to give him any bailouts, right, and let him off the hook. So, um, yeah, my understanding is that that um, that not all that not all these cases could be settled, that there was never a point where all of them could have been settled. So, uh, and then, right, if he's about to be charged with a crime and I'm, uh, you know, the other side, maybe I'm r- making that number get a little bit higher, right? Now I feel that much more strongly about my case. So, yeah, I don't, I I, I would think, I, I would think if there was a, a ripcord for Watson to pull and get out of this for like three mil and be done with it, I think he would have done it already. Um, but now he's got uh, angry plaintiffs on the other side that are willing to testify, right? That are willing to give depositions um so you know uh he's he's kind of made his bed he's got a lie in it so to speak um you know he didn't settle and now uh he's got 22 women with uh you know a million reasons here to to help bring him down it's incredible um that's why so pivoting over when i uh, get your thoughts uh, especially on the commander situation obviously they're being linked to him which is great so um with with the kind of sham investigation from last year that it did have a written report um, and now there's new allegations and they, the, I know the woman who investigated Jerry Richardson, which eventually led to him selling the team is investigating Snyder. Are you expecting anything to come of this? Um, do I, I mean, I would hope so. After the first attorney, Beth Wilkinson essentially said, right. You know, this, these were the reports. There was no written report. 
but it, had she been offered to, to have done one, she would have recommended that he would lose his team. So, you know, to me, Beth Wilkinson was the obvious choice to have conducted this second investigation. She's been around the team for a year. She's done all of the homework for a year. It's very similar allegations that occurred in the same time frame. And in fact, Beth Wilkinson, I think at one point had asked to reach out to this, you know, this particular employee. So the fact that the NFL went with someone different um, when they've kind of, you know, lauded Beth Wilkinson as being this independent attorney. I don't know what, what makes her not independent anymore. The fact that she was going to screw you the first time around and, and was going to, was going to hurt Dan Snyder. So I don't, I don't like the optics of picking someone new this time around. Um, I don't, I don't think it goes well, but again, but this new woman, she doesn't take any shit. Maybe there's anything that isn't to do with it. Like she's kind of like, she's all business. Like she's not going to let Snyder just kind of like skate around it. Neither did Beth Wilkinson. So, you know, the fact that you, you switched it up doesn't, you know, I don't, I don't think that, that if you look, let's put it this way. And I have a feeling your, your listeners of this show and your friends are wondering, you know, are we ever going to get rid of Dan Snyder? Yeah. Um, I, if you had Beth Wilkinson doing this a second time around, yes, I, I would think. Really? That, I think that report, she was, at least according to the, you know, the reporting that's out there, she was going to recommend that he sell the team, whether the NFL did it or not is, is a different story. Um, but you know, you're getting a do-over, right? And the NFL is in the business of protecting themselves. Uh, so I think they're going to do everything in their power to avoid that. So do I think that Dan Snyder is going to voluntarily sell his team? No, but there's certainly mechanisms that the NFL can use, not to say I think that they will, but can use to force him to sell. If it was really rampant sexual, you know, harassment going on, um, you know, when allegations that directly pertain to Dan Snyder, right? Sexual assault with respect to Dan Snyder. So if that comes out, I, I think the NFL is going to be hard pressed to protect the guy. I do. Do you think now with this, since you obviously said if Wilkinson had come back, this kind of things have been serious or more um, like you would expect more um, action happening. Do you think now with this second person coming in, they're going to sort of start covering their asses on the things maybe they didn't want Beth Wilkinson to find before that she did it, that now they don't want to give anything. They want to make sure there's, they just kind of keep their, keep their place clean. I mean, uh, I guess we'll see. And, and just so, you know, Mar Mary Jo White uh, is the attorney that they're. Yeah, she was like she was like in uh, like a I think she had like a really like real deal attorney like a while ago or something. Right? Oh, no, she did. I mean, but but Beth Wilkinson is, too. I think if you want to get into the weeds, Mary Jo White's is kind of with this with a larger law firm, whereas Beth Wilkinson is with her own kind of smaller law firm. So, like, you know, one is an institutional firm, one is, is kind of an independent firm. So, you know, both have had their history in, in sports. Both are very well regarded. But someone's going to have to explain to me why you went with a brand new attorney when Washington, right. Whoever was paying her legal fees, I, my understanding is that it was Snyder paying the fees, but someone has just spent a lot of money using one attorney on the same exact common nucleus of facts. Why are you switching up and going to a second attorney? Like, why do you need to do over unless you're going to do something nefarious? So yeah, I don't, I think this attorney, you know, Mary Jo White has had a history of, of leading to the, the sale of the team of the Carolina Panthers. Um, but I don't know. Every case is different, right? Mary jo, Mary jo White, for all I know, is going to have a very different opinion of the Washington situation. And maybe that's what the NFL is banking on. The decision to switch to a new attorney, uh, I think, should be very read very skeptically. I do. So it's kind of like you, you get a bad diagnosis and you go for a second opinion and you're hoping they say something completely different. Like, oh, no, everything is fine. Everything here is fine. They've made right. lots that's of changes. What the NFL advertised uh, and Washington advertised the first time around with Beth Wilkinson was that this was an independent investigation. You know, in, in the law, sometimes you go to an independent doctor if you need a, you know, um, you need some type of legal assessment or whatnot. Or if you just, you know, you know, you're going for a dentist and this dentist tells you, I got to pull out all your teeth. You want to go to a second dentist. 
once you start going to a second, third, and fourth, and fifth dentist, you know, if they're all saying the same thing, I guess, I guess I see the NFL's point to it, but like, you know, you just, you guys hired the independent attorney, Beth Wilkinson, and she came back and said, essentially, right, uh, I want to just say essentially, but the allegedly was going to give a report that he had to sell his team. Why are you switching it up unless you're protecting Dan Snyder? That, that I, I can't really escape that conclusion. Then I got a couple quick, uh, more quick ones for you. Um, Brian Flores, do you think this is going anywhere he's going to sell? I think that case is going to hang around for a while. Um, you know, it's obviously a large scale uh, class action lawsuit discrimination case against the NFL. Um, you know, I don't I just in my experience, someone files that type of a case. They are not doing it for money. They are doing it to make a point, a larger point. So could he settle? Sure. Um, but that that amount of money is only going to get higher uh, the longer that case progresses when you get to depositions like you're on the Watson case, just like we've seen. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't, it doesn't strike me as someone that's uh, in it for the money. I think it's someone that's in it to send a very loud message, which is only going to get louder, you know, that the longer the case progresses. Are you shocked you got a, a coaching job? Uh, yes and no. Not shocked because he's certainly very qualified. Yeah, he's more uh, than qualified, but it's like while you're seeing the league, they're like, oh, by the way, this is our new linebackers coach. Yes. I, you asked me candidly. I, I was. Am I happy that he got a job? Yeah, I am. Yeah. But am I surprised that? He is suing the Pittsburgh Steelers, right? Don't get it twisted. He's suing all 32 NFL teams, you know, for Brian Flores to sit across the, the interview table from someone. He must be a good interview. You got to be a good interview to get a job. You you're suing. You're get a job if you're suing your interviewer, right? Yeah. That, that was the, you know, the, the main point that I was making. Like, why are you suing people? Why are you making this lawsuit in the middle of the interview process? If you don't get a job or you get the line or you end up with a linebacker job at the end of it. Okay. You want to sue that you didn't get a head coach job. I get it. But there's certainly a reading of this that you cost yourself a head coaching job by suing. And now someone can tell me, which is fine. Hey, now he has a retaliation claim against the Houston Texans, against the New Orleans Saints, because they didn't hire him because he sued. And I'm like, yeah, but doesn't he want to be a head coach in the NFL? Because he wanted to be a head coach. He kind of cost himself the job by doing it. So congrats, you might be right, but congrats, you might've cost yourself your, your head coaching career. Another one I want to ask you, John Gruden obviously lost his job um, series of emails and, uh, stuff came out that put him in a bad light. He had to resign. Um, he's sort of still tied to this commander's investigation. Do you think he's going to be like trying to talk to this new attorney and be like, Hey, I can do whatever you need. Or what do you think is going to happen with that? Um, you know, Gruden is, is someone that I would think would, uh, at some point as crazy as it sounds, uh, and, and we didn't talk about it, but Washington's obviously being investigated by Congress now, the, the commanders. Yeah, but that, you, you, nothing's happening. You, you expect that to take a, pro- a long time, too? No, it's, I mean, it's happening. They, they want to get the documents from the, the NFL, but they had a, you know, a hearing on, you know, the House Oversight Committee had yeah. all these former employees testifying. You know who I'm curious to testify, right? I'm curious for uh, John Gruden, right? I'm sure he knows about other emails, of other people's bad emails that were on that email chain with him. Um, so he's someone that I, I would I would think the NFL is going to want to pay to keep quiet. But if the, you know, if the Goodell in Washington, they think the cat's already out of the bag, maybe they're less inclined to help Gruden, um, you know, and it make pay to make Gruden go away. I think Gruden, uh, you know, he's, I think, basically a pariah from the NFL. Is he going to be one to help bring? He's down got the- money. He doesn't need money. Well, I know he certainly can use more money. He's not going to be coaching anytime soon or broadcasting or anything like that. Um but yeah, I mean, I, I think he's involved with the case. 
I think he knows where the bodies are buried, you know, so to speak. I think he knows other people in the NFL that have said equally bad things that, you know, when push comes to shove, maybe he's inclined to, to put people out to dry. So yeah, the stories are certainly connected. Um, you know, uh, he's also got uh, his brother, Jay Gruden was a former coach there. So I think he's got a lot of tentacles into the organization for sure. His son is the assistant strength and conditioning coach of the Las Vegas Raiders. He just got brought onto this new coaching staff. What's his name? Is it Deuce? Deuce. Deuce Gruden. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, that's, that's interesting. So, yeah. You know, there's a couple of Deuce. Deuce, uh, I think Jason Tatum has a son. Yeah, his son. He's four. So he's not getting a job anytime soon. Yeah, Deuce Tatum. Yeah. Um, no. It, it's a good name. Good name. I'll yeah. name my, you know, I have two kids now. If I get a third kid, I might. Yeah, I might Deuce. Equation here. Yeah. And I got one last quick one for you. Um, it's kind of like off the radar. People know about it, but it's not really connected. The whole Brittany Griner situation with her being locked she's in prison in russia and she's been in there for almost a month we just found out have you ever heard of anything like this you think they're gonna get her what, what's gonna happen from this certainly certainly i've i've heard about it. i think we all have right someone doing something inappropriate overseas and getting detained in international jail right it's certainly happened before sometimes it happens with journalists um i'm having a hard time and, and maybe someone's listening to this and they're going to remind me of one but i'm having a hard time thinking of a, a comparison to this, right? Especially in, in Russia. Especially the, the, the one was, I remember uh, one of the Ball brothers almost got in trouble and he got arrested in China a couple of years ago. I, I remember, and Trump had to pop in, but I think yeah. the, the difference here is that this is happening at the time, you know, of war in our world. I don't, but I, I don't, but that happened beforehand. Do you think that is anything that makes it complicated? Kind of happened before they invaded Ukraine. Um, well, she's there now, right? So it doesn't, doesn't necessarily matter at that point. Maybe it did. Um, but I, my understanding is that we only know about this because the Russian state, you know, media outlets have made made it known. So, uh, you know, you're not wrong to read it in the sense that, hey, Brittany Griner, right, you know, might be being used as some type of political pawn here to try to curry favor, um, you know, because they have one of ours, right, so to speak. Uh, so, you know, I, I, in a sense, if, if the allegations are true, which we have no concept of knowing, right, it wouldn't be a crazy thing if a someone, uh, you know, there was a plant put on someone, drugs planted on somebody. Uh, Brittany Griner is, by all means, a very recognizable person uh, and, and a name Bray, that we all know as. as She's six eight. She was for the Olympic, the national team. It, it, right. They, they, everybody knows Brittany Griner. I don't follow necessarily WNBA that closely. I know Brittany yeah. Griner. Yeah. One of probably the most recognizable athletes in the sport, um, name brand, and and just you know who she is. So, uh, is it if, if someone brings drugs into a foreign country where they're illegal, you know, you're kind of asking for it, right? You, you can't do that, right? You can't do it. At, in our country, right, you certainly can't do it in a different country, whether or not, you know, we're laxing our laws in marijuana is one thing. But if you go into a state where it's not legal, right, where I'm in New York, it's not legal. Uh, you're asking for trouble if you travel internationally. So, yeah, it's certainly a problem. It wouldn't be the first time, like, you know, I had a client at, at an old firm who didn't know that they had a gun in their suitcase when they traveled and they got in a lot of trouble, right, or didn't know they had a gun and a handgun or in the, uh, you know, in their car and they got in a lot of trouble. Ignorance of the law is no excuse here. If you had a hash pie or I think it was a vape pen that she's alleged to have had, hey, I didn't know it was in my bag. Not an excuse. So, you know, you, you if, if that's indeed what happened, uh, you can't feel too bad, but feel bad for anybody trapped in jail, let alone trapped overseas. But if that if that's what happened, right, uh, you know, so you can't you can't really feel so bad if that's really indeed what happened. Here. They can't say she's an American citizen. Bring her back here. Then we'll bring her to justice. Is that it's not. A, you could, but, yeah. You could, you, and you could say, right, she's one of our own, bring her home. And, and that's what happened in the, in the, you know, the ball brother situation. Yeah. The guy stole sunglasses. He was an athlete at UCLA. Yeah. Um, could happen, but, uh, you know, it's at a certain point, are athletes more special than anybody else that's being kept overseas in a foreign prison? So 
I mean, I, I certainly can see the utility of doing it, but I could also see the other side that says, hey, if you're going to do that with Brittany Griner, don't you have to do that with everybody kept in every overseas prison? Uh, and you're opening up Pandora's box to a lot of criticism, really one way or the other. So, you know, you're kind of damned if you do, damned if you don't. It's going to be like one of those things where we trade them, somebody we have of theirs, and they give us Brittany Griner, like the weirdest transaction in sports history. <laughs> um, an inmate to be named later, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, it, it's certainly possible. And I, I imagine those conversations are being had right now, but you know, you got to figure out the facts. So if, do, have you brushed up on Russian drug law at all, or is it no, pretty fortunately, 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 I have not had a client that has been, uh, gotten in trouble in Russia at any knock point. on wood, knock on wood. My, uh, my podcast co-host, uh, which Zach, I think, you know, is, uh, uh, recording from Russia. He's been there for, for work for some Wait, time. seriously very seriously so holy you know, shit i don't know that at all he asked my question to my podcast co-host you might have yeah. a different that question but he uh, personally no no i did not that's fucking crazy no that's wild yeah but do appreciate the time is wild wild world we're living in it's crazy probably the craziest nfl week in a long long time but we're going to learn a lot more about this on friday kind of see what goes from there but do appreciate it and um contract detrimental if you assume you get it on all podcast platforms Conic Detrimental, yes, sir. We cover, we're covering Ridley, we're covering Watson, we're covering the Major League Baseball lockout, we cover all things sports and law. And normally I have this booming, really nice radio voice. Next episode, I will not, but yeah. you know, future episodes, I will. With baseball, you think that season's, season's a wash or do you think that's going to get resolved? It's going to get resolved at some point. Uh, we're going to lose, we're going to lose games. I, I feel pretty confident in saying that, um, but we'll see how much. But yeah, I think, I think it would be, well, we'll say, uh, I'll put, like my betting numbers here, plus 800 if the season actually got canceled. I don't think. Okay. All right. That's good. Good to give up. Because I know I saw Apple TV you, got some, some Friday. You speak yet. my, you speak yeah, my no, language. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I understand that more than the judicial system, but do appreciate the time as always. Yeah.